I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Love Letters is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate. Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey everybody, it's Meredith with a Season 2 bonus episode. As we recorded the second season of Love Letters, which was all about how to meet people, I thought a lot about my column. Because here's the weird thing. The Boston Globe has two love-themed columns. One is my advice column, Love Letters. The other is called Dinner with Cupid, which is basically a Boston-based matchmaking column where the Globe magazine sends two random strangers on a date to see what happens. The weird thing is that Dinner with Cupid, which has also been running for a decade, has resulted in literally no known marriages. Most of those first dates don't result in a second outing. But my column has resulted in two marriages. Random anonymous commenters who liked each other's advice in the comment section have actually hooked up in real life. They met up at love letters parties I host in the Boston area throughout the year, and then they fell in love. How do you find love in a comment section? How do you find it in a community that's actually meant to live online? I mean, online is where a lot of us hang out these days. In trying to answer this question, I was reminded of a couple I met at a wedding a few years ago. They looked adorable and happy, and when I asked them how they met, they gave me an answer I would have never expected. They were both fans of Shonda Rhimes and met on a Grey's Anatomy fan message board. My name is Lynn Sternberger. Lynn is now a television writer in Los Angeles. But before that, she was living in Boston, working in publishing. She had dreams to write for the screen, and yes, she was a huge TV watcher at the time. This seems like an important question. What were you watching on television? <laughs> um, what was I watching on television? Well, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy was m my thing. Um, I was watching a lot of television. I was also watching The Good Wife, but Grey's Anatomy had been like the love of my life for several years. So Lynn finds this group of people who are watching, talking, and analyzing Grey's Anatomy on a live journal. That should take you back. They would share their fan fiction and their fan art. And as her love for Grey's and this community grows, she eventually becomes a moderator of a sub-community that was just about the queer characters on the show. The group analyzes the romantic relationships of characters like Callie. So let's back up a little bit. So you are a big fan of Grey's Anatomy. And what season would we have been in at that point? Oh, my God. Don't make me was do it math. Before, was it before or after Izzy paddled a deer? <laughs> I think it was after the deer. I think it was after the deer. So as her fandom grows, Lynn starts hosting a Grey's Anatomy podcast, as one does. And the show gains a lot of traction. And then at one point, Lynn starts this whole fundraiser for a charity that one of the Grey's Anatomy actresses was involved with. And a woman from Canada gives a sizable donation. A while later, Lynn is on Twitter, engaging with fans of the podcast, telling them that she had just returned from a trip to Paris. She tweets at the woman from Canada, 
the two spark a conversation. The woman sends Lynn a gift, a package of famous hot chocolate from Paris. And at that point, were you doing some Googling, like, who is this person? No, I'm not a good snooper. It was really delightful that she'd sent me hot chocolate. Um, I like to tell people that I have a, a high tolerance for weirdos on the internet. I don't, at that point, my alarm bells weren't going off. Nothing was flagging this as like an important correspondence for any reason. Like she wasn't coming off as a weirdo and she wasn't coming off as somebody who was going to like change the course of my life for forever. It was just sort of business as usual plus hot chocolate. They eventually start communicating over email. This admirer is named Lorraine. She's a French citizen living in Canada at the time. They start to become closer friends. Lorraine is a huge fan of Lynn's and her podcast and her presence in the Grey's Anatomy online community. They start to talk on the phone about Grey's Anatomy, of course, but over time, also about their lives. We just drove up our phone bills um, an extraordinary amount. We started talking on the phone. And that's when it started to be, like, that's when I was started, started to feel like maybe there was something more to it. But also, she lived in Vancouver, Canada, and the idea that I would be in a long-distance flirtation online with a girl in Canada wasn't, to me, that wasn't what I wanted out of my romantic life. I didn't want a long-distance thing. Yeah, I didn't want a virtual girlfriend. Eventually, they meet in person, and the attraction is instantaneous. They end up doing long-distance for a bit, but eventually the relationship gets serious. They get married in 2013, and Lorraine is able to get citizenship. They got married August 31st, 2013, and now they live together in L.A. Oh, and one more thing to bring this story full circle. My first year in Los Angeles, when Lorraine was still living up in Vancouver and going through the immigration process, I went to uh, the mall at the Grove, and I was shopping for Converse shoes, and I looked up directly into the face of Shonda Rhimes, creator of Grey's Anatomy. And what did you do? I clutched my chest and terrified her. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure what you were feeling in that moment was like absolute fandom, but also like gratitude. Her, her show has brought you a ton of good stuff. I had that reaction because she doesn't know it, but I mean, Grey's Anatomy changed like the course of my entire life. I have a wife. I have a career in a field I didn't know I would. Writing television, kind of. I think all of that was behind the clutching my chest moment. But how does it work on other websites? I wanted to figure that out by going to my own column. I mentioned that there have been two marriages that started in the comments section of Love Letters. But I do know of a third romantic relationship that I've heard about for years. To learn more about it, I went to the source. Meet Melissa, one of the longtime commenters on my column, who found love in the comments section. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Meredith. So how long have you been reading love letters? At least since probably 2010. Every morning, there'd be the new love letters column of the day and everybody starts commenting on it. And if I was bored enough at work, I could just spend all day on there. <laughs> I think I started probably just a, a, a short comment here or there. And then like, as I got to know these people, I probably was commenting more and more. After a time, I got to kind of know these people online. And then we all kind of decided to meet each other like in, in real life. 
So where were you in your own romantic life when you started reading love letters? So I was very single and I was dating a guy here, a guy there. I was probably doing the online dating thing a lot. And, you know, some guys were really great and then move on. And some guys were not so great. About a year into the column, a lot of commenters were mentioning to me that they wanted to meet each other. Mm. And I didn't know about safety issues. And I was like kind of worried and what, you know. Um, But in the end, I sort of said, let's everybody meet at at Noir at the Charles Hotel. Right. And a lot of people came. It was Mm -hmm. weird. All I did was do a call out and just say, come. And remember, I had um, name tags Mm -hmm. for people. And for me, the night wasn't a super shock um, for a number of reasons, because I had pictured everyone wrong. Well, first of all, commenters came because there's always that possibility that they're just going to Right. You know, that the lurkers yeah. are going to come, but the commenters <laughs> want to be really anonymous about who they are. Or they're going to come and not say who they are. But there were so many commenters who were mm-hmm. like, look, it's me. Right. Mm-hmm. And and everybody was like really kind. And mm. um, and I didn't quite know what my role should be at that party. First of all, the column was still pretty new, but I was also like, I don't know that I'm supposed to be at the after party. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. I'll host this and then I'll get out of everybody's way because I don't know. Um, I did get the sense that friend groups were being made and which sure. is, like, really yeah. cool. So so you guys went out after. Yeah. Yeah. We had a blast. You know, we had had many drinks, so everybody was getting to, you know, very loose and, like, gregarious with each other. So a year or two into the column, actually probably it was year two or three into the column, we had this event at a sports bar, Game On, like right by Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. I was and there. it was a lot of love letters people, it was some baseball fans, the Globe had put it on. And that was the first night I was standing by the bar and just listening to people. And it became clear to me that commenters were hooking up with each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, I had like a billion questions, but I asked none <laughs> of them because I was like, this might actually be none of my business. There's something about like the role that I'm in where, you know, people can yell about me at me, be nice to me, whatever. But you sort of feel like I, I am a like a like a room monitor or something. You know uh, what I mean? Where I was just like, it's not my business. If they want to tell me, they'll tell me. But right. I was sort of shocked because I had never anticipated that people would hook up in the comment section of this column, like that they'd meet that way. Were you as shocked as I was that people who met this way might also like each other? I think, you know, if you put a group of people together, like, and they start hanging out a lot, that kind of thing is just naturally going to happen. So you start meeting up with these people over and over what happens next? So there was a, a commenter that I did have like a brief relationship with. It went well for a while, but then it eventually just didn't work out. When you have a relationship with a commenter on a blog and it doesn't work out, just showing up to the blog the next day after the breakup feel like when you work with somebody you broke up with? Is it that same sort of like, oh, now I still have to look at you? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, there was like some bad feelings there for sure. But he's a good guy. So it just kind of fizzled out after a while, like as all breakups do, I suppose. After that relationship didn't work out, were you um, feeling less optimistic about the comments section being a good place to meet someone? Oh, sure. I think I took some time off from the blog for a while after that because I just didn't want to be exposed to any of that. And then eventually, like, I got sucked back in again because that's where all my friends were every day. There is some irony to it, right, that you have this breakup and, like, 
you can't go to the love advice column because uh. <laughs> that's, you know what I mean? We have so many breakup letters, but you couldn't have uh, found solace there. Because right. Yeah. And I didn't want to write a letter because that would just have everyone been, would know that would have been weird. <laughs> For sure. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a year later or something. Um, I at one of the get togethers that we had amongst the commenters, I met another, like a newer commenter that I had been kind of going back and forth with a little bit on the blog. So I had encouraged him to come out with us and he showed up and I introduced him to everybody and we had a great time. Everybody was like best friends. And then he, he just, I guess he just decided that he really wanted to like take me out. So he asked me out. Uh, the rest is history as they say. We'll be back with Melissa after a short break. We're back with Melissa, a commenter for my column. When you say you had been going back and forth with him in the column, like, how did you first notice him? You liked his comments? Yeah, and he was really down to earth. He seemed really sweet. And then he had said something that he was upset because his, he had to put his dog to sleep. And I was kind of like, oh, why don't you come out with us this weekend? And and this was all in comments that he revealed all of this. Yeah, it was, which is a little, maybe a little weird, but it, it kind of made sense at the time, I guess. <laughs> so he walks in. What are your first thoughts? It wasn't, I'm going to date that guy. It wasn't like that at all. But I guess he was feeling brave and he decided to ask me out. So tell me about the date. How does it go down? It was good. We went to this place in Somerville for dinner. Again, there was like no major fireworks going off or anything. But I was like, oh, he's a really nice guy. He's really sweet. And then we went and had a couple drinks. And then he took me home. And I didn't even kiss him that night. But then he asked me out again, maybe like the following week or something like that. And he took me out to this nice Italian place and uh, in the North End, and we had we had a lot of fun. He was really just the sweetest guy, and and then eventually at the end of that date, then we did we did kiss finally, and um, he's a very good kisser. <laughs> so then, kind of like with that chemistry, I was kind of like, oh, okay, there's something there. Like this is worth like pursuing so often people go out especially if they meet on an app and there's like very little in common that you know of to start what you guys had in common was this blog so how did you guys wind up talking about that commonality oh sure I mean because that was kind of like the elephant in the room and probably the one thing we had the most in common with but after we got to know each other like we realized that we had more in common than we realized we just started dating more. We went to shows and concerts and going out to eat and all that kind of thing. Knowing that the person was reading a love advice column, right? Because mm -hmm. that is at the end of the day what it is. Like, did that make you feel better about who he might be? Well, I mean, certainly his advice that he gave to the to the people that wrote letters, like that gave me some insight into his own relationships and his own uh, dating, I don't know, philosophy, I guess, if you could say that. 
And I knew he didn't say like any mean stuff or, you know, he wasn't sarcastic or anything like that. So. Not a troll. Not a troll. No. Um. <laughs> it helps in dating not to be a troll yeah. online and yeah. offline. So can you walk me through the progression of the relationship, like from when you met to where we are now? Well, we've been together seven years now. So it's been we've been through a lot together and uh, we live together now. We're not married, but that might happen somewhere down the road, but we're not in any rush for that. I had planned a, a two-week trip to Costa Rica shortly after we met. So I think that time apart kind of gave us a little break and let him, like, miss me for a while. And it was, he picked me up at the airport, and that was just, like, super sweet. It's funny you say that because this season with this theme of um, how to meet someone, mm. I think there were two or three stories on the season where people are like, I realized I missed that person. Mm -hmm. Where that was the turning point. It was like, oh, wait, I am thinking about this person and their absence. Right. Yeah. So maybe the moral here is meet someone nice and then immediately go, go on vacation <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> in the world we live in now where so many of us are online a lot. Mm listening to podcasts, mm -hmm. reading stories, and not necessarily interacting with as many humans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, some of the communities we have are virtual, right? Like mm -hmm. they're real, but they're not necessarily people sitting around us. If you want to make a real human connection with someone in this kind of community, um, what, what's your advice? Well, I think probably just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Because if I had just gone to that first event and like never introduced myself to anybody or anything, then I wouldn't have had all these lasting relationships and I wouldn't have met, you know, the love of my life, essentially. <laughs> so, I mean, it can be scary to put yourself out there, especially online. But that's, I mean, that's the only way you can meet people. I imagine that a lot of the people you met as commenters were people you wouldn't have organically met in the world, right? Because they had different careers, different zip right. codes. Yeah. And that might be a benefit of creating a community this way. Right. Exactly. Like I, I never in a million years would have met Jeff any other way because, you know, distance, but also just like our, our paths just never would have crossed. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting how it brought a bunch of random people from all walks of life essentially together. When you started reading love letters and commenting, you were a single person in mm -hmm. the city, right? Mm -hmm. um, now you read as a very experienced, wise, <laughs> relationship-having, um, you know, commenter. Does that change your advice? What? How do you read? How do you read these problems now in a different way than you did so many years ago? Well, I mean, I've definitely learned a lot about relationships from the blog. Just how different people respond to certain situations and like what not to do, or what is a better decision in some relationship problems. So now I guess I I am older and wiser and I've learned some like how to I've I've learned how to tackle different relationship problems. So instead of being like passively aggressively asking him to do something, I'll I'll just be more straightforward and say what I want. <laughs> and you can say for sure that both of you, neither of you have ever written into me about each other. <laughs> I have not. I have not written any letters. Um, and I really would be surprised if he did because that would not be his personality at all. 
I know I can't take credit for literally any of the relationships that come out of this blog other than the fact that it existed and therefore you guys met. But it's been really inspiring to watch people um, not just show up, but show up and engage. Because mm -hmm. I think so often we can feel like the Internet is like not real. And mm -hmm. I think it's actually Wednesday Martin, this expert on an episode of the podcast, talked about a campfire that's not giving off any heat. Right. Mm -hmm. When you're when you're only online and yet. This was a campfire that gave off some heat. Right, yeah. And I have to say that that's because of you guys, because you guys showed up for each other and you guys, even people out of town, like, you, you know, you gave them reasons to show up. So that right. means a lot to me. Oh, and you can take some credit too, because it, you know, it wouldn't exist without you. All so. right, I'll, <laughs> I happily will then, <laughs> with your permission. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Meredith Goldstein, professional matchmaker. Our production team includes Amy Padula, Ned Porter, and Scott Hellman. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. We're online at loveletters.show. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening.